Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the podcast, the first one on the road to 200. We might get to 200 episodes quicker than we got to the first 100. The two a week puts a little bit of pressure on. This is getting a bit intense, guys. Two days after recording the previous one doesn't give me that much recovery time or thinking time. But I was thinking about what to speak about on today's podcast. And what I've come up with is maybe going a little bit deeper on that post I mentioned in the previous episode, which actually went viral on social media. It was a post about three steps to reducing fat from the stomach area. And the reason I thought I might go a little bit more in depth about that is because when I put it on Facebook... It just went absolutely crazy and there was hundreds and hundreds of comments on it and people asking questions and looking for more details on certain aspects of it. And there were so many comments that I literally just couldn't reply to everybody. So I pretty much didn't reply to anybody (laughs) because it was kind of one of those where you don't want to just reply to one or two or ten and have 300 other people not reply to. So I didn't reply to anybody. So I think what I might do is just go a little bit deeper on it today on the pod. And again, the podcast gives me an opportunity to go a bit more in depth and give a bit more information than what I could do on a quick social media post anyway. So this might bring a little bit more value to you. The reason I recorded that post was just because of trends I see on social media. And one of those trends is a lot of fitness professionals put out things that they know you're going to jump on because it appeals to you. They're pretty much playing on your on your weaknesses or on your vulnerabilities. So they know that if they put out an ab workout, for example, most of the general population will jump on that and they'll share it because it's appealing and because they think their problem is with the stomach area where they go, that's where I want to lose fat from, that's where I store it, there's an ab workout, that's what I need. And then they'll share it onto their page or they'll share it with their friends. And so this personal trainer is actually getting more getting more eyes on their content. They're getting more people to go onto their page. The reason I shared what I did was because People are being led up the garden path with that. What typically has been put out there is these ab workouts, 20 minutes, 30 minute ab workouts that are going to do absolutely zero for the person who is overweight or for the person who has a lot of body fat around the stomach area. Ab workouts are fantastic if you're lean and you want to really define those abs and be walking around with a six pack. Absolutely amazing. Throw them in at at the end of your workout. For the person who has a lot of body fat around the stomach area, If you're wasting your training time doing ab workouts, we need to have a conversation because really if you've only got 20, 30 minutes to train and you're doing sit-ups and you're doing crunches and you're doing leg raises and that's where all of your time is going, I don't want to be too blunt about this guys, but you are wasting your time. You literally will be better off doing something else, going preparing the dinner or do some gardening or do something productive because you are wasting your 20 minutes. If that's if your goal is to reduce fat from the stomach area and you're only doing ab exercises, you're wasting your 20, 30 minutes of training time. It could be used a lot more productively. So that's what I want to get a little bit into today. Um, so yeah, as I said, people just jump on that stuff because they think it's what they need and then people know that they're going to share it and they're going to engage with it and that's why they put it out. So when I recorded that video, as I said, it went absolutely crazy. It ended up going global. It was getting engagement all over the place. The United States, the United Kingdom, Wales, Scotland, England, God knows where, further afield, Switzerland. Somebody contacted me from, sent me a private message. So it went all over the place. But I think the reason it did is because people knew in that moment that there was that light bulb moment where they're going, ah, that makes sense. I can't believe nobody's ever told me that or I didn't realise that myself. So that's why I'm going a little bit deeper on it today. So I want to get you away from that thought process of I need to be doing ab workouts to reduce fat from the stomach area and I want to show you how to actually do it in a practical sense that will make a difference to you and that will get results rather than just frustration of doing 20 minutes of sit-ups and then getting nowhere. So there's three things effectively you need and we're going to delve into each one a little bit more today. The first thing is going to be a calorie deficit. 
The second thing is training the whole body, not just abs. And this third thing is going to be managing sleep and stress. So we're going to look a little bit deeper on those. I'm going to just give them a few minutes each. Again, a Friday, guys, I'm not going to go too long. The Friday podcasts are going to be shorter because I deserve a little bit of time off, I think, don't I? So I'm going to keep them nice and short and short and sweet and straight to the point, hopefully. So the first thing you're going to need is calorie deficit. A calorie deficit effectively means that you are expending more energy than you're taking in. Okay, so what you've got to do is put yourself into a calorie deficit. That's going to reduce your overall body fat percentage. That's what you need to be doing. So let's bring it back to basics here. We've already made the point that if there is a layer of fat covering those abs, you're never going to see the abs anyway. So the goal is not actually to get to find abs. It's to remove that layer of fat that's covering them. So to do that, we can't spot reduce. We have to reduce fat from the whole body. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, I want to go on from there, but not from my legs or not from my chest or whatever it is. You can't pick and choose. So we've got to reduce the overall body fat percentage. That's the goal here. If we reduce the overall body fat percentage, you're going to find that that layer of fat from the stomach is going to start reducing, the same as it will the fat from your triceps or wherever else. So to reduce the overall body fat percentage, we got to start with food. we got to put ourselves into a calorie deficit. That's the first step. So don't do what most people do, which is go straight to ab workouts and change nothing else. Nothing about their diet changes, nothing about their exercise regime changes. They just start doing sit-ups, which is utterly pointless. So let's just get that clear first and foremost. It starts with food. So we put ourselves into a calorie deficit and people get too hung up, I think, as well on the numbers around calorie deficit. I can give you the formulas and stuff, but I know it'll confuse a lot of people. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to give you a few simple tips that you can do without getting too hung up on those numbers. So a few simple things I would suggest is look for whole foods in your diet as much as possible. And I would suggest about 80% of the time, try and get whole foods in because there's always going to be a little bit of leeway. You're never going to be 100%. Of course, you're going to have treats. You're going to have ice cream. You're going to have chocolate from, from time to time. That's absolutely fine. And I encourage people to do that. So even with the clients I work with, I actively say to them, have your little treats because it just keeps you on track long term. I actually encourage them to aim for 80% rather than 100%. So if you're eating whole foods, nutritious foods 80% of the time, you'll get away with the 20% anyway. But also it'll just keep you on track long term and make it more sustainable for you. So my suggestion would be whole foods 80% of the time. Whole foods just being natural foods. If you're not sure if it's a whole food or not, a question I would encourage you to ask yourself is, did this grow itself or did it move at some stage? Now, that sounds like a funny thing to say, but if you think about it logically, did it grow itself? A turnip, yeah, that grew. So that's a natural food, right? A chicken, yeah, that moved at some stage. That's a natural food. Whereas if we go the other way and we look at heavily processed stuff and you're thinking about, oh God, I don't know, custard creams. Where did they come from? Who knows? Who knows? Heavily processed, okay? So think about it in those terms. Is it a natural food? And you won't go too far wrong, to be honest, folks, if you're doing that. If you're eating 80% natural foods, I guarantee you most of yourself, most of you listeners will find yourself automatically nearly entering a calorie deficit because people's diets are so full of junk food and convenient food these days. And they're typically the ones that are really driving up the calories for people. There's a knock-on effect. There's ultimately the fact that they're generally higher in calories anyway, but it also tends to lead to cravings and it leads to this thing where you consume more and more calories because the insulin has been spiked and because the blood sugars are all over the place whereas if we get whole foods in there we're getting slow steady state energy it's slow release energy so the blood sugars are a lot more stable our energy levels are a lot more stable we feel a million times better so that's my first tip on creating a calorie deficit second tip i'm going to say to you is get protein in each meal if you can get protein in each meal 
will help with recovery from training. It will also keep us full. So you'll find that if there's more protein in there, the overeating and the snacking between meals, that will tend to dip. That will tend to come down. So that's my second tip for you. Third tip is water. Drink loads and loads of water. So aiming for two litres a day. If you're not there, just bring it up gradually. Don't try to jump up to two litres because it's just going to put you off. It's going to be a horrible experience. You're going to think it's just too difficult to do and you're probably going to give up. So do it one step at a time. If you're at 500 mils now, get it to 750 over a couple of weeks and then bring it gradually up to one litre. Do your best with it. So that's three things in relation to creating a calorie deficit. Another thing that I would say is critically important. Now, this is something that you're not going to probably be able to do yourself. You might need help with in terms of the, the learning aspect. It is learn how to read food labels. If you don't know how to do it, it is so, so important. We work on this with all of my clients within the Elevate course. We work on this. We spend a bit of time on it because if you want to change your life, you need to be able to take responsibility for yourself and you need to understand how to read food labels for yourself. You can't be relying on, is this good? Is that bad? In inverted commas. And asking those questions and hoping somebody will give you the answer to it. Like again, when people come to me and they say, What's your thoughts on that? Is that good? I always say to people, there's no good or bad foods. There's good or bad amounts. So it's the amount you're eating it. I mean, you can have high calorie foods, but as a treat occasionally, don't go into the, the situation of eating them every single day. So you need to understand what's in the foods that you're eating. And you've got to educate yourself on that. That's why I think coming on board with a coach is a good idea if anybody's interested in that, by the way, because this is where we're giving people the tools for life. Here's a great example of why you need to be able to read food labels yourself. This is one I shared with the Elevate group a couple of weeks ago, and it shocked most of them. And to be honest, it shocked me when I seen it because I wasn't even aware of it myself because it's not a food that I typically eat. So I wouldn't have even come across it because I know that it's not something that I want as part of my diet anyway. But when I seen what was actually in it, I was like, wow, it is the Domino's garlic and herb dip. Is that what it's called? It's garlic and something dip. You know, the dip that you kind of, you have the, the chicken dippers or whatever that goes into it. So it's actually just that wee sauce. So it's a very small little pot, right? I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. If you've got your pizza, you've got your Domino's, you've had the wee dip with it. That garlic dip is coming in at 676 calories. Let's let that sink in. Your garlic dip from Domino's is 676 calories. That is before we have looked at the pizza you're eating, probably a medium to large pizza, probably a Coke or something with it as well. Your meal is coming into thousands of calories there. Again, it's okay to do it occasionally, but you need to understand what's in the foods that you're putting in your body. So if you've got somebody who's on a weight loss journey, for example, 99% of people are going to look at that garlic dip and it's a tiny little tub and they go, sure, that's not doing any damage. If you're able to read the label on it, and I actually went out of my way to read this label because when I heard that, I was I was questioning it. I was going, that can't be true. No way. So I went and I looked it up myself. It is absolutely on the money. I promise you, that's what's in it. It's 776 calories in that wee garlic sauce dip. Um, yeah, and that's not even your meal. <laughs> that's that's your dip. So this is why you need to be able to read food labels. You need to be able to see what's in all of this stuff for yourself. And even comparing and contrasting within within certain types of foods so another example is kind of things like soy sauce people go oh, that's a good one sure that's healthy again it depends on the brand they can vary wildly from one to the next the likes of the blue dragon for example there's one brand there they, they have different different ones within the brand so there's blue dragon and there's kind of different flavors there's one of them in particular that's something like 23 grams of sugar per 100 mils which is quite a lot if you look at the one i use which is called kiko man 
it is 0 0.6 grams of sugar per 100 mils. So 0 0.6 as opposed to 23 grams is a hell of a difference. So you just need to get an understanding of this. If you want to put yourself in a calorie deficit, you need to get good at reading, reading food labels. It's a bit of a pain in the ass for a few weeks, to be honest, because you're looking at everything and before you put it into the trolley, you're questioning it. But once you've actually seen and brought awareness to it, two, three weeks later, you automatically know what you're going to put in your trolley and what you're not because you're going to go, oh, I've seen that before and it stood out with me. I don't want that. So you, you will have to kind of just check these things for a few weeks, but then you learn and you get better at it. So yeah, that's just a few tips on creating a calorie deficit. So the few tips I gave you on calorie deficit were whole foods, protein in each meal, water intake, and learn to read food labels. Okay. So our overall theme today is three steps to reducing fat from the stomach area. So we've covered calorie deficit. The second thing is train the whole body. Don't just train abs. If you're just training abs, again, you're not doing an awful lot in terms of reducing that fat. You're not doing an awful lot. You're taking 20, 30 minutes each day. So over the course of five days, that's what, 150 minutes a week. If you're spending a half an hour, that's what, two, three hours a week utter waste of time and it's time that could be used so much more productively so to reduce the overall body fat percentage we need to be getting the heart rate up we need to be getting the sweat up we need to be challenging the body we need to be putting a stimulus on the body making it respond if you're just doing sit-ups you're not you think about this guys you've done sit-ups in the past okay you might find it difficult to do your sit-ups if your core strength is not great but you're not actually doing a workout as such. You're not working up a sweat. You're not getting the heart rate up. You're not feeling like it's really difficult in terms of challenging you from a cardiovascular aspect. You're just going, it's hard because my core strength is weak. I can't actually physically get myself off the floor. But what we want to do is we want to challenge you to actually burn more calories. That's what we want to do. So if you're sitting on the floor doing sit-ups, you're burning sweet FA, to be honest with you. So what we got to do is we got to challenge the body. we got to do some cardio work. If you can get some resistance training in there as well, that's great. You need to challenge the whole body. You need to work all of the muscle groups, not just abs. You need to work the legs. You need to work the shoulders. You need to work the chest. You need to work the back. You need to work the whole body. That's how you're going to reduce your overall body fat percentage, not just focusing on the abs. So I hope that makes sense to you. Another thing I would say is make sure that your training is progressive, that it is challenging you, that it's not a case that, all you do is a 5k run and that's all you've done for the last five or 10 years and nothing about your chain, training has changed in five years. That's when you're going to get stuck. That's when you're going to hit a plateau. That's when your body's going to start responding. So you've got to do something a little bit differently. There's going to be cases where you're going to be in maintenance mode anyway or there's going to be cases where sometimes the body just hits a bit of a plateau and then it'll work through it again. But if you're doing the exact same workout for a number of years, well, I mean, your body naturally is just going to find it easier. The first time you do it, it might be difficult. The first 10 times you do it, it might be difficult. The first six months you might get away with. But beyond that, it's probably just going, here we go again. This is what I'm used to. This is very, very easy. I haven't changed anything about my training. I do the same training every single day, three times a week. It's effectively a training groundhog day. And your body can handle that very, very easily. So for example, if you're somebody who runs, and I'm not picking on the runners, and I know they probably listen to podcasts and go, he always picks on us, he always gives this example. I do always give this example, but I apologise, I'm not picking on you. We could actually apply this to almost any training modality. Runners typically love running, so all they do is run. And they can't understand why they're not in great shape, despite the fact that maybe they're out doing 50 miles a week on the road. Well, number one, they're probably consuming more calories than they need. But the other thing is that their body has adapted that training long ago. They're doing the same run on the same route at the same pace at the same time of day under the same circumstances over and over and over and over and over. So it's very, very easy for their body. They're in a comfort zone. 
What if we took you away from that and we dropped a couple of those sessions? Still have your running because that's what you love and that's what you enjoy. But what if we put in a couple of hit sessions in there as well? Or what if we got you lifting a few weights? What if we put a different stimulus on the body that it's going to have to respond? Because you think about this logically, you could have an Olympic swimmer and they could be a phenomenal swimmer. But I've seen this happen. You could take that person out of the pool and you could ask them to run three kilometers and they could die a death. Because simply it's putting a different stimulus on the body. It's challenged them in a different way. So you've got to be open to doing different things. You've got to be open to challenging the body to doing something a little bit different. So that's the second part of reducing fat from the stomach area is making sure that you're training the whole body, that you're mixing it up and that you're training all the muscle groups and that you're challenging yourself. That you're not just sitting in that comfort zone and going through the motions and saying, well, I've shown up today, so that's me done. And you've just been kind of skating by for the last three years, knowing you're kind of at base levels, minimum levels when you could be doing more. So that's number two. And the third thing then that is often overlooked when it comes to reducing body fat, but is also critically important, is managing sleep and managing stress. So first things first, if we are not getting good quality sleep, if we are not sleeping enough, or if we are constantly in a state of high stress, the body is going to be releasing a hormone called cortisol. If cortisol levels are high, it's very, very difficult to shed fat. So cortisol is a stress hormone. If you're highly stressed, if you're not sleeping well, your cortisol levels are through the roof. Your body's been flooded with cortisol. Fat loss becomes very, very difficult. So that's just one thing that people overlook that really needs to be zoned in on. How is your sleep? How is your stress? Are you prioritizing those things? Are you managing stress? Are you taking time out? Are you getting recovery in there? Really, really important. There's a knock-on effect of that, obviously, as well. So we're talking about reducing the overall body fat percentage, and we've touched on calorie deficit as well. If you are not sleeping well, studies show that your food choices the next day are much, much poorer. Much poorer. They drop dramatically when you're in a state of sleep deprivation. And it's the same when you're stressed. You'll pick at food to pick yourself up. You'll turn to junk food. You'll turn to greasy foods. You'll turn to those quick fixes that you know will give you a little bit of a dopamine hit that'll just lift your mood temporarily. And it's normally kind of the high sugar, high fat, high high grease stuff. And that's the calorie laden stuff as well. So that's the knock on effect of it. So I haven't gone as in depth on the last two points, but I think there's enough in it for today. I just want to kind of keep it to 20 minutes. We covered the main one, which is calorie deficit. And we went fairly in depth on that. And that's the one you really need to be zoning in on. But all of this stuff, guys, and I'm giving you all of the information here. Hand on heart, 99% of you won't do it alone. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that from a term of just just being real, just reality. Most people won't do it alone. They need a bit of help and they need a bit of support. And there's no shame in that. And there's no harm in reaching out and saying, look, things have got away from me a little bit. I'm struggling. All of the stuff you've spoke about on the podcast makes sense, but I don't think I can implement it on my own or I need more information on it. To be honest, I've given you the bare bones of it there's a hell of a lot more. Like people kind of think the variables of getting in shape are just nutrition and training. We've even touched on the like because of sleep and stress there, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of variables in it, which is what I work on with all of my clients to create an overall way of life for them. A way of life that they love, a way of life that they can take forward and that's with them forever. So it's not about quick fixes. If people are looking for quick fixes, I'm going to say it out loud right now, folks, I'm not the coach for you. Don't come to me if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking to change your life and if you're looking to get off that place of constantly being on the merry-go-round, jumping from one thing to another, but you want a way of life that you can sustain and that you love and that you can enjoy, then I might be the coach for you. I'd love to work with you. But that is the type of person I work with. Um, I look for people who are committed, who will get the job done. 
that doesn't mean I expect you to be super talented or anything like that. I absolutely don't. I know that like sometimes I get clients who are complete beginner level. That is absolutely no problem at all. Love working with them. All I look for is that you're doing your best and that you'll give me your best. That's all I actually look for. So um, we've been really, really busy over the last week or two. There's been quite a few people coming on board this week. It's, it was quiet for a couple of weeks because people were off on holidays and also the fact that lockdown was coming to, to an end, getting in shape or health wasn't top of mind for people. It wasn't on their priority list. So they were off boozing and enjoying themselves and having holidays and eating till the cows come home. Now it's getting a bit busier again because people are realising that the party's over. They had a month and now they're feeling a little bit shit and the weather's got crap and things are getting a bit on top of them and they want to get in shape again. So it is getting busier. The busier it gets, obviously, the less places I have to open up to you guys. So even for next week, I've actually just done another sale this morning. So I've only one place for people who are looking to start on Monday. So if you're one of those people, please do drop me a message. Just send me a private message with the word podcast. And that's kind of our code word. I'll know what you're talking about. And we'll take a conversation from there. That's it, guys. Friday, done and dusted. Another week done and dusted. The road to 200 episodes has just started. So thanks for staying with me. And I hope you've enjoyed that. And I will speak to you again next week. Have a great weekend. Speak soon.